In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Paul said that his teaching uh, didn't come with eloquence or worldly wisdom. He didn't come with some kind of program or philosophy. He didn't come with a set of rules. He came with only one thing, the person of Christ and him crucified. If you're bringing Christ, that means always and essentially you're bringing him crucified. We don't impress people by rhetoric or style or whatever we have. He said we preach Christ crucified. The good news is that God has revealed himself to us, has raised us up, forgiven us, ascended into heaven, glorified us, given us eternal life, forgiven us every sin. Where sin abounds, grace superabounds, as Father Tom Hopkins said. No horrible sin is more than the grace of God. God can forgive everything. That's the good news. The only way to get to that good news is through the cross. It's enacted through the cross. There is no other way. So this is the Sunday after the elevation of the cross, the elevation this week, remembering historically two events. When St. Helen found the cross, she uh, and her son, the Emperor Constantine, you know, had the resources, she had the time, and, and decided that's what she's going to do. Went to Jerusalem and found the cross. Later, hundreds of years later, the cross is stolen from Jerusalem and then returned. And those two events are what the elevation of the cross remembers. So we have the Sunday before the elevation, the elevation, we have the Sunday after today, this mini season of the cross. The leave taking will be Thursday morning, Wednesday night and Thursday morning, we'll do services there also. And the church is so good to us. In the beginning of the ecclesiastical year, and again, these are historical things, so they're on the calendar, but the church makes a big deal about it. We could have just had like, just like one little service or something. And the church kind of spreads it out, makes it as big as, as we can, as she can make it, just makes it really big. And it's actually a universal celebration. It's one of the very first like big feasts that was celebrated all over the world. All of Christendom celebrated this. Every Orthodox church, everywhere, like, agreed at that moment, we're going to always do this. So it's been going on forever. St. Paul will push this good news of the cross a little further. We heard it in the reading today, the epistle. At the end he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me, and the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. St. Paul makes this incredible like, proclamation that he's been co-crucified. I remember the Greek word from seminary, synestavrome. I have also been crucified. I've been crucified. I'm co-crucified with Christ. Sin S-Y-N, like synergy, it's co, co-crucified. I have been co-crucified. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. We're going to have to understand that verse. So let's begin here. Every human being, whether they know it or not, or even if they like it or not, is made in the image and the likeness of God. The cross is the ultimate act and word of God we are made in God's image and likeness. If the cross is the ultimate word about the Lord, then the cross is the ultimate word about us as well. It can be no other way. 
There's even like the great uh, maxim from St. Peter that we're partakers of the divine nature. Therefore, we are called to be crucified. Because if God ultimately reveals himself to the world on the cross, that's where we will reveal ourselves as well. If God fulfills himself on the cross, we'll fulfill ourselves there as well. It is finished, that line Jesus says, the last thing on the cross. He says, it is finished. That could also be to teleste, another Greek word. I don't remember all of them, but I do remember a couple. Uh, also, good morning, but that's another. Anyway, so I have to get ready. But um, it is finished can also be translated. It's fulfilled. If he has fulfilled himself on the cross, if everything is fulfilled there, if that's the ultimate act of God showing his godness, the reality of his love for us, taking place on the cross and the broken body and spilled blood of Jesus, then that's where it has to take place in our life too. Then we hear in the gospel, I hope, by the way, by the time this is done, to explain being co-crucified with Christ and that we have to be crucified. So we'll see if we get there. I'm hoping for it. Because we hear the gospel today, if you will be my disciple, you will take up your cross and you will follow me. What does it mean to take up the cross? It's got to have something to do with being co-crucified with Christ. He took up his cross and he says, we have to take up ours. What does it mean to fulfill oneself as a person made in the image and likeness of God, who is love, who is hanging dead on the cross? What does it mean? Well, we have to start here. That God is showing us his godness. He's showing us love on the cross. God is love is the shortest definition in scripture. He is showing us his love for us on the cross. That is what's going on there. He loves us so much. He sent his only begotten son that all who believe in him should not die, you know, or perish, but have eternal life. How does he do all of that? On the cross. He shows us his love. So for us, it has to be about love too. God who is love, God being love, is revealed on the cross. The cross reveals who God is and why, and we say God is love. He reveals on the cross that he is love, and he reveals on the cross what love is. So if we say, I want to find and fulfill myself in the image of likeness of God who is love, I've got to do then what God does. I've got to love. We have to do what God does if we're made in his image and likeness. So what does he do? He loves all the way. When Jesus Christ said, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. How did he love us? On the cross. He was talking about the cross for sure. That's the only way. And it's a commandment. A new commandment I give you. The command is to love God with all of one's heart, mind, soul, and strength, to love one neighbor's neighbor as ourselves. And those are the old commandments. So he says, I'm going to give you a new one. The new commandment is to love others as I have loved you. The only thing that works in the madness of this world is the cross. Earthly power doesn't work. Earthly prestige doesn't work. Earthly cash, like having all the money in the world, doesn't work. <laughs> it's a 
chorus now of voices. She wasn't that committed, by the way. That was like a complaint, right? Right? Like, barely even trying. Where was I? Nothing else works but the cross. Earthly power doesn't work. Nothing the world gives us works. Like, nothing on, on this earth works. It's all really madness, a lie from the devil, because we will get caught up in it too. Prestige, position, profits, possessions, all the peace. We get into all of that, and it actually doesn't actually work. The only thing that works is the cross. The answer to all of this is God, who is love, is revealed on the cross, and we're called to take up the cross together with him. And the cross tells us many things. We can never escape his love for us. We can run all the way into hell, and he will chase after us. This is the good news. I mean, this is what he did. It's not like I'm predicting he'll do it. This is the testimony of the love of God. St. John the Baptist, the forerunner, went first. And then Christ went to hell and broke the gates of hell. Don't forget Lent and Pascha. Like, incredible thing. Father Tom Hopka was in Greece. I think he thinks it was 1974. He was in Greece for a meeting of theologians, all the professors from all the theological schools. They were debating everything and answering all the questions. I'm reading from his little note here. They were discussing the trouble of the church and how bad it was. They were discussing the Greek government and how bad it was. It's so bad and all of this. And then came the word from Father Vasilios, the abbot of the monastery in Manathos, Stavro Nikita. And just as a fun aside, Stavro Nikita, Sinestavro me, it's the cross. He was actually the abbot of the monastery that's dedicated to the cross. But that's kind of a fun aside. So anyway, Father Vasilios, the abbot, very young, he wasn't even 40, the abbot of this monastery, Stavro Nikita, gets up. And he said, Father Tom says, he said the most amazing thing he's ever heard in his life. He said, yes, things are bad. The world is bad. There's materialism and secularism and atheism. He said, but let's rejoice. Let's have hope. And Father Tom kind of says, it was, I thought he was going to yell out Christ is risen, but he didn't. He said, let's have joy. Let's have hope because they can take everything from us but they can't rob us of our death. He finished by saying, in fact, they might even help us to glorify God. No one can rob us of our death. Therefore, the ultimate, most perfect way of glorifying God that no one can take from us, they can close the churches, they can declare atheistic regimes, teach our children garbage, whatever, but as long as we're able to suffer and die, we can glorify God. That's at least part of what it means to be co-crucified. I'd say the other is like, what part of us is dying on the cross with Christ? The old man. What, what the New Testament, what St. Paul calls the old man, right? Who we were before we started following Christ. Who, who we struggle with right now as we follow Christ. The old vices, the old way of thinking of things, the old way of holding the grudges, right? The cheating and the lying, the stealing, the anger and the gluttony and the greed and the pride and the whatever. The old man that we are like putting to death. 
I read it last week or Wednesday night. Our friend, Father Simeon Craigiopoulos, says, show no pity to that guy. Grab him by his hair and take him to the cross. That's what Father Simeon said. Who, who are we grabbing? We're grabbing the old man. Our old way of doing things, thinking things, and being. The, the worldly way we were. We want as much separation from that old man, old woman, you know, that old, the old person. We want as, as much separation from the old man. The Almighty God reveals himself as humble, self-emptying, and he's absolutely ruthless and relentless when he loves us. And he loves us as sinners. He loves us while we were sinners. He loves, you know, he's not waiting for us to get all cleaned up to love us. He loves us already. If there's any motivation to humble yourself, for me to humble myself, and to stand before God and confess our sins in humility, it's that he already loves us. We aren't earning the love. Well, how much do I have to confess to earn his love or something? Well, love is already coming. We see it on the cross. It's already, he's already done it all. Like, what else is there? What else can God do to show his love for us? He's, he's gone all the way. There's a Christian hymn recording in scripture in 2 Timothy. If we have died with him, we'll also live with him. If we endure with him, we'll also reign with, reign with him. And it goes on. According to the gospel, therefore, those who wish to be wise are constrained to be fools. Those who want to be great become small. Those who would be first put themselves last. I mean, this is, the, this is that message from the they can't take our death from us. It's like flip everything upside down. Because the thing we're mostly trying to protect is like not ever dying. Most of our goals wind up being my one goal in life is to not ever die. That's not a good goal. I'm telling, like, I mean, you can have that goal, but you won't ever achieve that goal. So we should have another goal. It's to truly live. Not just like, I got it all costs not die. It's actually like, and when Jesus said, I've come to give you life, like abundant life, he goes like all in on that too. Why did he come? To give us life. And what does he do? Reveals the love of the Father. How does he do it? On the cross. So then everything's flipped up. If you want to be rich, you have to become poor. If you want to be strong, you have to become weak. If you want to long and find and fulfill yourself, you have to deny and empty yourself for the sake of the gospel. And finally, the most important of all is we really have to, if we really want to live, we're really going to have to die. Beware of all contentment, consolation, and comfort before our co-crucifixion in love with Christ. Beware of all contentment, all consolation, and all comfort before our co-crucifixion with Christ. We can only come to know God by taking up our daily crosses with patient endurance and the love with Jesus. And we can only do this by faith and grace through the Holy Spirit's power. The first, and I'm ending with this, the first and most important thing is that we are boundlessly loved by God who blesses us to love him boundlessly in return. We are boundlessly loved by God who blesses us to boundlessly love him in return. The only way to real and lasting happiness for all of humanity is a bloody, brutal affair of love. And you're going to have to crucify the old man. 
And I'm going to have to crucify the old man whenever he shows up. Which is daily. In little ways, and sometimes big. If we want real and lasting happiness, it's going to be the cross. And I'm so thankful to the church for making a big deal out of this right at the beginning of the ecclesiastical year. You know, we have the birth of Mary, because you've got to have the birth of Mary if we're going to have salvation. You've got to have, so we celebrate the birth of Mary, the first thing that happens, and then we, like, we skip all the way to the cross. And then we're going to back up and then tell the whole story. It's like a ton of an amazing thing, you know? Mary's born. I mean, Jesus is not born yet. It's Mary. We skip all the way to the cross, you know? So we can, like, get our focus. St. Paul, here's the last word. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Incredible. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. And gave himself for me. Incredible. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.